Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy. It's simple. It's fun to use. And like me, I'm not very technical oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy. If you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up. And uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye.
do that. And so I uh, decided, you know, okay, not only do I think Bigfoot is cool and fascinating, and I want to know if these are real, but I want to get back out camping. So the first time I ever <laughs> camped by myself, um, I went to West Branch State Park. There was the campground was full. So it wasn't like I was out remote camping by myself. I was like in the last campsite that they had available. <laughs> and I had this little tiny tent. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. Uh, this episode, I have a, 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 a good friend. Uh, we've been friends uh, for, for a few years, and uh, her name is Amy Booth. She is the co-founder of Project Zoo Book and a team member of the Olympic Project Research Team. She's also the owner of Amy Amy's Bucket List Expeditions. So uh, to, to get to know Amy is, is a beautiful thing. She, she goes after and, and in search of her bucket list ideas and searches for, for Sasquatch. And, you know, her work with, uh, you know, some of these groups is, is incredible. You know, she gets, you know, primatologists, wildlife biologists, anthropologists, and other scientists to kind of work together and 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 see what's going on out there if if there is such a thing as is sasquatch or bigfoot whatever you want to call it some people call it yowie some, you know some people call it the yeti you know whatever you want to call it you know it is what it is so i hope you enjoy this episode i really loved sitting down and talking with amy um hopefully maybe i can have her on uh again in the future uh, she's also, uh, really good friends with Jamie King and Jenny King that were on one of my earlier episodes and Jamie came back on for, uh, a round table on Sasquatch. So, you know, they work hand in hand and, and Amy has such uh, a kind heart and she's just a good spirit. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Amy. And on that note, housekeeping is going to be so simple now. All you have to do is click on the link tree uh, description in the bio. It, it's super simple. Just click link tree and it will take you to everything that I'm associated with. You, you want cumin, you know, it'll take you right to Kelly Fishizzle's page and you can DM her. You want YouTube, it'll take you right to my YouTube. You want Discord, it'll take you right to Discord, Telegram, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, you name it, it's, it's there. Also, I have merch. I have merch now. So if you enter promo code MYTHIRDEYE, that's M-Y, the number three, R-D-E-Y-E, you'll get 10% off uh, your purchase at checkout. So hit up the merch. Uh, ladies, I, I, I know I don't have the hugest female audience, I have some leggings over there. I'm, I'm trying to work on some other things. I thank God I, I'm married to my wife because I would have put the, the the logo in the wrong spot, you know, in the upper thigh and not not where I have it down by the calf. You know, she's like, oh, you don't want to you know, have people looking at women's thighs. You know, women are self-conscious about that. I get it. Whatever. Um, 
That's why I'm a guy. I don't know these things. But anyway, go over there. And for, for those of you that um, have bought some stuff, thank you. And don't forget about the Patreon. Talk at the Tavern. You know, every episode is five plus hours long. So even if you join for $5 a month, I mean, that's a, a dollar an hour for just one episode. And then, my God, that's there's four three or four more after that depending on the month so you know hit my patreon up and and i love everybody over there on my patreon you guys you guys are awesome get get a sit down and you know i message you back and forth and invite you to the tavern you know it that that's what it's all about you know the people that that do support to the the patreon for the tavern get to come on the tavern uh when they can make it, you know, obviously everybody has working schedules and, and can't always make, uh, the tavern and it's understandable, you know, but the invites there, you know, they're, they're the, uh, the, they get producer credits, you know what I mean? For, for the tavern. So having said all that, sit back, enjoy this episode with Amy. And again, thank you for your love and support. And I'll see you on the other side. Hey, welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. Tonight, I am grateful to have someone that I've been friends with on Facebook on my personal account for a few years now, and my good friend Jamie King, who you've heard on my second episode uh, on this podcast, reminded me that I need to reach out to her and have her on my podcast. And that individual is Amy Boo. She does um, an amazing job in micro study of Bigfoot. And she's also involved in a few projects. She ha- she's involved with the Project Zoo book, which she will explain, uh, the Olympic Project out in the Olympic Mountains. And she does a, another small, not small, but side project, uh, Amy Boo's Bucket List. So uh, Abel for short. And with saying that and grateful to have you on, I give you Amy Boo. And Amy, let everybody know if you want to be found, where they can find you and what you're, what you're all about. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. I'm excited. Well, if people want to find me, I'm much easier to find than Bigfoot. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to make my email address like really easy so people can just remember it. BigfootAmy at gmail.com. That's it. That's super easy. And A-M-Y, Amy. I know there's different ways to spell it. <laughs> awesome. So uh, where do you want to start tonight? Um, we can start at the beginning. Um, you, you know, I know your first encounter or something that had happened was back in what, 2012, um, 2012. Yeah. And did you have anything prior to that in your life that, that interested you in the notion of, of Bigfoot? You know, we all grow up as kids, that, you know, hearing, you know, rumors, especially, you know, the Patterson Gimlin film. And, you know, I originally come from out West. And it was like, you know, you always rumored, oh, yeah, over in California and Oregon and them, they have Bigfoot <laughs> over there, you know, and then come to find out they're all over the United States, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and many different ones. So it was there something that inter- interested you as a young child or was it not until 2012? It was pretty much not until 2012. I mean, there were some things like I had my very favorite teacher of all time, my English teacher in high school he had us write a paper, like a research paper about something we weren't sure if we believed in. 
And I ended up choosing, he had a list of topics. It wasn't like I even was like, Ooh, I want to do this, but he had a list of topics. So I chose the Loch Ness monster and I was even supposed to go to Scotland my junior year as an exchange student, but then Uh I got mono and I couldn't go because it really fascinated me, those stories. But all I remember about Bigfoot having to do that was there was one book in our library and it had some chapters about the Loch Ness Monster. And then it had one little chapter about Bigfoot. I, I couldn't even tell you the book. Like maybe if I saw it again, I'd remember, but there wasn't a lot about, you know, that you could get and I'm old. So we didn't have the internet and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I remember that I don't remember being impressed by Bigfoot or anything like that. It wasn't like, Ooh, you know, I want to learn about this. And that was pretty much the extent of my Loch Ness Monster, you know, research too, was that paper in high school. But, you know, I, I watched in search of and things like that and vaguely remember them talking about Bigfoot and I watched Harry and the Hendersons, you know, but no, I never really gave Bigfoot much of a passing thought um, until I saw something weird. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, there was, oh, I do remember this. One of the scariest <laughs> movies I ever saw. I I think it was like in 1977. So I would have been like eight years old and our little movie theater in Boardman, Ohio, they played Sasquatch, the legend of Bigfoot. And I've seen it several times, like since 2012, but all I remembered from back then (laughs) was that God awful noise that the creature in the movie makes. And it's kind of like the legend of Boggy Creek where it like, you could see it at the window and it puts its hand through the window. And I, we had a, um, well, my family had a hunting cabin near Marionville PA. And I remember being afraid after that to go to the cabin for a little bit. Like, you know, I hadn't thought about that for years, but (laughs) after I got into Bigfoot, I'm like, I remember that movie and being really afraid of it. So besides that, no, I, you know, I was, did not have Bigfoot on the brain when, when I saw what I saw. That's, that's, that's kind of fascinating that you, you know, you said you were uh, scared to go to the cabin. That was like every kid's fear of going to the ocean after Jaws came out. You know yes. what I mean? And to this yes. day, I mean, I'll go to the ocean, but I'm not a I'm not a big fan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't want to venture out all no, that far because the sharks do actually come in pretty darn close in shallow they water. They do. And, like if and, I'm at the at the ocean, I have to be wearing like those swim shoes. Like yep. that's gonna save me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but nothing can touch my feet. My shark deterrent uh, swim shoes, but. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> it was uh, a couple of years ago. We went down to Topsail Island and very, very good time. I had, you know, it was the first time I had been to the beach since I was probably in like, mm, probably eighth grade, somewhere in there. I was in middle school. And when I first went down, it was in Florida. I got a really bad sunburn, blisters on my shoulders, hated it. Worst experience ever. But this experience was very fun. You know, you got the cool breeze and it was with my wife and her family and we had a great time. And then we come back and like a day or two later, there was, uh, apparently like a, a, a cop chase, uh, down this one boulevard where there's like a seafood market and what have you. And the mm-hmm. dude ditches his car, jumps out, runs down to the ocean. He jumps into the ocean. He's starting to try to swim away to get, get rid of it. And the news helicopter is like flying above and there's a shark 
following him. Oh no. And I'm like, oh dude. And we were we weren't that far away from where this guy was in the water to where we were we were right. like, you know, played around. I was like, uh I'm yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, like if again. Bigfoot turns out to be aquatic or something, like I would never, yeah. never I'd be like, I'm out. And My, you do hear stories of them being aquatic. You do, which is, you do. It, You're like in the water and stuff. But it wasn't just Jaws. Like we had a swimming pool, like one of those kayak swimming pools above ground, you know, growing up. And my brothers, you know, would not only tell me that Jaws was in there, but they had a fishbowl, especially my one brother, Stephen. <laughs> he had a fishbowl that was just filled with water that said invisible piranha on it. <laughs> and I have one of those now in my one classroom. But but nice. he would like take it and he would pour the water into the swimming pool or he'd pour it into the toilet and scare me. Like I'm like <laughs> I would always thought I was gonna get bit by this invisible piranha and jaws. Nice. That's a good brother. <laughs> he was yeah, doing right? his job. <laughs> he was he is. <laughs> yep. So let's take it back to 2012. Um where were you? I believe it was Ohio, am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, of uh, all places. Yeah. And I'm not that far away from you. I'm in central Pennsylvania. So um, I'm right dead center in the state. And the Carbondale is not too far from me where where they had the white Bigfoot sighting. And Mm -hmm. I'm not that far from the Alleghenies. I'm probably mm, maybe four hours somewhere in there. My favorite place. Yeah. 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 I, I love especially when the lockdown happened, Jamie would go, go live and on some of his hikes. And at that time I was, I was furloughed, uh, not because, you know, the Rona or whatever had just come out, but I had really jacked up my, my foot kicking a wheel chalk and I I destroyed a whole bunch of tissue. Yeah. You know, I kicked it because I had steel toes on thinking, Oh, I can kick it as hard as I want. Well, no, my foot hit the steel toe. Long story short, oh, I was no. on light duty. So they're like, hey, you know, we have to lay some people off. And first time in my entire working career, I was ever laid off and I was mm-hmm. kind of scared. So, I, you know, I'd sit there, you know, I, I couldn't do much. You know, I had limited walking. So when Jamie would go live, I was like, oh, it's like a sense of me being able to get out in the woods and, yeah. you know, you know, vicariously through him. And, you know, some of the stuff that he, he came across that that spring and, and summer was pretty pretty cool and you know i think that's when he found that pentagram in the in, in the in the woods yeah. <laughs> i was just yeah. like oh dude like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like jaws no yeah get out <laughs> see ya <laughs> so uh yeah. yeah so 2012 uh what part of ohio was it of all places it was right outside of youngstown ohio oh, okay. um, going over meander reservoir so we oh. were on a bridge i was a passenger in the car like when I talk, I tell the story a lot and I can just see it. Like it's in my head. I'm, we hit the bridge. I'm looking out at the water. It was kind of a sad day because it was the last time I got to talk to my dad before he passed away. And we were going back toward Cleveland. So I'm looking out at the water, which I have like hundreds of if not thousands of times my whole life lived in Cleveland at the time, but grew up in Youngstown. And I uh, was peeking over there and there's like these cement blocks that are in the water, like Mm -hmm. spaced out and there's always birds on them. So like usually see a few birds here, a few birds there. I always thought they were seagulls, but I've come to find out they're cormorants. Oh, okay. And the one block that was closest to the shore 
there were birds just like everywhere and they were you know just crazy flying around and I had never seen that before you know you see them flying but not like disrupted like that and I looked over and my eye was drawn to the shoreline I'm really just so you know I'm bad at distances so I'm not sure how how far that would be but it's not that far and I saw something standing there so I'm looking at it and I don't know how long you're on that bridge it's not a super long bridge but you're on there several seconds at least and so we're driving and I'm staring at it and staring at it and we're getting closer and closer until we're parallel and sorry I have to cough that's fine sorry guys um as we're getting parallel to it I'm just like shocked and I didn't say anything because it didn't take that long and I'm trying to figure out what is that in my own head and the what popped into my head was that it looked like Bigfoot you know and even now I kind of laugh at it because I was I pretty much like after we zoomed past it I'm like I think I just saw Bigfoot and then I immediately thought that's really stupid thing to say you know but you know you can't rewind and we couldn't go back and um the driver didn't see it my daughter was lying down in the back seat on her ipod she didn't see it but i wish i could but like burned into my brain is this creature that was standing on two legs and holding on to a branch of a tree and it was all uniform in color And the biggest thing that I remember is that it was very wide compared, I mean, it was tall, but I didn't have anything to compare it to except for tall trees, you know, so how tall it was, I have no idea, but it was very wide. It was alive and not some kind of a stuffed anything because it moved as it was holding onto the tree and it seemed to be like facing where these birds were all a flutter and I, I don't know what it was. I, I always say I am not 100% convinced that Bigfoot is real. I have a very skeptical type of mind, I guess. Some days I really feel like it is. And other days I'm wondering if I'm wasting my time, you know, but most, but I, I do think it could be real. Right. And, and, you know, depending on it really, truly, like, I'm just being honest, depending on the day, I really think, I really think they are. You know, it's just, you know, you get discouraged sometimes. But anyway, what I know it wasn't was it was not a black bear. You know, people ask me that. I've seen a lot of black bear. Its stance was wrong. Its shoulders were wrong and it did not have a muzzle. So definitely was not a black bear, whether it was a human being, you know, it was about 100 yards away, which is why I say I don't know what I saw. And we were going in a moving car. Like I could see it in my, like burned in my brain. And I don't, it didn't seem like a person. It didn't look like a person in clothes or whatever. Um, This was in early April and I don't know what it was, but what I do know is that that was like the jumping off point for me to get interested for real and seriously in Bigfoot because I couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, I called my mom right away. I'm like, mom, <laughs> I feel like I just saw Bigfoot. You know, I started Googling things. I started reading everything I could. So whether or not that was Bigfoot doesn't even really matter to me 
you know, it was what sent me down the rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, I think that would definitely send me down down a rabbit hole myself. You know, I, I kind of explained, you know, the whole rock Karen thing um, w- with my dog to you um, before we started recording. And I, I've always kind of been a rabbit hole kind of guy to a, to a degree, whether it's conspiracy, cryptid, whatever. And, you know, I've, I've never purchased equipment to go out and purposely look for this, but I am an avid outdoorsman. You know, I do hunt, I, I do forage for, for wild gourmet mushrooms. You know, my wife and I go hiking any chance we get, you know, on the weekends and, and what have you. My head's always on a swivel. It, it always has been, you know, I can remember being a kid and being out in the woods, you know, my stepfather being a couple hundred yards away, you know, during deer season. And you just hear these like big thud footsteps. And, and I heard that a few times in my life when I'm hunting and I just always chalked it up. Oh, this might be a big deer. But then after like listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, um, and, uh, you know, all these different reports, I'm like, no, what I used to hear was more bipedal, you know what I mean? And, and it was like, a, the, 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 but I could never see anything, you know, you could just hear it and it, it would go. So I, you know, I don't know if, if that was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch, you know, I don't, I don't know. I never seen anything, but you know, you, you hear reports of that, you know, you, you feel the vibration when they walk and, and you know, or if you, you hear a vocalization, you hear people, you know, it just verberated in your chest. Like you're just standing at it right in front of the speaker at a concert. And it's like, you know, I don't know what I would do if I ever did come across something like that in, in the wild, you know what I mean? Because right. I, I, I carry a, a 40 caliber pistol, you know, that's enough to take down an angry bobcat or, or you know, a bear if need be, you know, Bigfoot, I, I, I'm not Probably so sure. Not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I carry my gun too, but it's for people. <laughs> yeah, that. And, not and that, that I want to shoot anybody, no. but just for protection. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're usually more of an asshole, and and you know, the people that right. scare you the most is other humans. Right, the absolutely, the scariest know. thing. You know what you said though is so good because you said you're an outdoorsman. I just got home um, Sunday from a weekend at a hunting and fishing show in central PA. And oh, I go to the those outdoor and, show. I was at the outdoor show. Yeah. I was a Down speaker there. No, not Harrisburg. Oh. I'd love to go there someday. Um, this one was in Clearfield, Clearfield County. Okay. They had at their I, fairgrounds it, there. All right. I actually deliver yes. out near Clearfield from time to time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Harrisburg. <laughs> I'd love to go. I just, it's such a long one that I'd yeah. have to really commit to that. And it's, that's a whole I'm working week. at that time. Yeah. So who knows someday maybe, but I go to outdoor shows because I want to hear from people like yourself who are out in the woods. And I feel like I appreciate the fact that you said you don't know what that was that you heard, but those are the types of stories I was talking about this, that it paints a picture of an area. Like if Mm -hmm. I had eight reports that I took over the weekend, I took 22 reports, but eight of them were all from the same few miles, you know, square miles that different people that came to see me at different times and were telling me their reports, like one person found footprints. One person heard these like, crazy screams and yells that they had never heard before a couple people saw 
say they saw a Sasquatch. So like I have, you know, taken all my notes and put it on my map and, you know, you don't have to have seen it to have, um, to add to the story. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like the word of a avid hunter who has seen every animal, smelled every animal, heard every animal, you know, when they say they hear something that they've never heard before, I would, I would find that more interesting than if I'm out in the woods, you know, hearing something I've never heard before. So I go hiking with my wife and, you know, or even at night, you know, you'll hear coyotes and coyotes make some weird sounds. Same with Fox. And, you know, my wife was never a huge outdoors person until she met me and she found the love and and the the serenity of it. And we'll be out there, you know, I can't identify every bird, but you know what I mean? But like, she'll hear something. I'll be like, oh no, that's just, you know, probably a a chipmunk or a raccoon, you know, doing, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. And like you say, you know, when you're a a hunter, a hiker, you know, you know, an outdoorsman period, you, you, you listen to the forest, you know, that's your, that's your TV, that's your entertainment. And, um, also, you know, I, I kind of throw it back to, you know, the native Americans, you know, I, that's how I bow hunt. Uh, I do it like they do, you know, you walk into the wind. I I don't, I don't go up in tree stands. I don't put on drives. You know what I mean? I, I, my buddy taught me how the natives, you know, uh, hunted back in the day in Pennsylvania. So that's, that's how I did it. I, I'm fairly successful at doing it, but, uh, you know, you always pay attention. You you read the forest floor, you know, certain smells, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I don't know. call it hippy dippy woo 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 but you know the the forest no, does communicate cool. with you and and if you so. take the time to just open up and and let it communicate with you you're when you're out there you you will either a solve a problem that's going on in your life or b you will be guided in a direction that you n- didn't know you needed to go down and well, you know I hear you I hear you <laughs> it's, it's, that's it's cool magical. you're saying that about learning that hunting because I I have been sick like for about a year. I'm finally getting better. Um, I had COVID got me pretty hard and sent me into heart failure and blood clots and all this mess. And so I've been like fighting to get my health back. And one of the things, like even before I got sick with it, like just the lockdown squelched some classes that I had been taking, some bushcraft classes. Right that I had been taking. And so I actually, after we're done, I'm going to be calling the guy who does these classes and restarting them. We've been messaging back and forth, but I'm so excited because what he did was he, I think he was an engineer and he decided that he wanted to run like a survival school. And he went to a bunch of different um, native American tribes and he asked them to teach him what they were best at. So whether it was hunting from one and shelter from another, or, you know, whatever it was. And so I just admire the guy so much. That, and so awesome. I'm excited to start taking my classes again. Um, Cause you know, the first time, like after I, you know, after that thing in 2012, I, you know, started really getting into it. And then I'm like, okay, 
I want to go look for Bigfoot, you know, now flash forward 10 years. And now if you would ask me if I ever expect to see one, I would say, no, you know, I'm kind of like, I look at Peter Byrne, who's been looking for Bigfoot, like for almost his entire life and he's never seen one. I feel like that's going to be me. Um, but maybe not like I want to get out there and maybe I'll get lucky, you know, and see something, but either way it, it, rejuvenated my love for nature. You know, I, I grew up going to that cabin in the Alleghenies all the time we were there. We had a woods at the end of our street in Ohio too. And I loved being outside catching crayfish, being in the mud, all of that. And then, you know, adulthood came and I got married and we didn't really do that. And so I uh, decided, you know, okay, not only do I think Bigfoot is cool and fascinating? And I want to know if these are real, but I want to get back out camping. So the first time I ever <laughs> camped by myself, um, I went to West Branch State Park. There was the campground was full. So it wasn't like I was out remote camping by myself. I was like in the last campsite that they had available. <laughs> and I had this little tiny tent, took me forever to put my tent up. But I don't, I don't remember a time ever feeling so like satisfied and proud of myself as after I put that little tent up, I was just like, oh, like I can do this myself. So I put my tent up. I had my little chair. I'm like, okay, now I have to make a fire. I'd never made a fire by myself. You know, my brothers made it, whoever I was with made it, you know, I just never made one. So I had bought one Duraflame log, stuck it in the like a little ring. I could hardly get the lighter <laughs> to light. I'm like, ah, finally get it. And I'm like, okay, like I'm sitting by my fire. And I had, I had one marshmallow. So I made my marshmallow. I'm like, okay, now it's getting dark. I'm going to go in my tent. And I was so nervous. <laughs> like I, it just cracks me up because I was so nervous because I'm like, I know I'm going to be murdered out here. Like I just knew <laughs> knew it so I get in my tent and I had brought with me like the littlest tiny like padlock with a little key and I put the padlock through the zippers because <laughs> I'm like at least I'll wake up if I'm going to be murdered not so, like anybody like, couldn't take a knife and cut through the knife. I know exactly like, <laughs> ah. but at least maybe they'd try that first and it would wake me up Right. So I did that. And the funny part was like, I realized pretty quickly why that was the only spot not taken because it just like all the water, it rained that night and it all drained right into my oh. site. And my air mattress was floating around in the morning, but I was so proud of myself. So I, I always feel like I need to get a bumper sticker that says Bigfoot saved my life or something like that. And I know it's being dramatic, but it really has had a profound effect on my life and it, it reset you back to the, uh, our, our basics. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, and I so love I'm like people getting back, back, back yes. in touch with the basics. And now I love camping and I love remote camping and I camp by myself in the woods, you know, and I got my concealed carry to protect myself and I'm learning how to do things. I can make a mean campfire nice. <laughs> and I, um, I just love it. It's my happy place. So kind of like I said before, like, I do think that Bigfoot could be real. Some days I think that they are real. And especially when I'm talking to somebody who has a really good story, I just don't, I'm not a person with that really good story. Although I've had a couple other experiences. Um, 
but I don't ever sell yourself short because every story is, is good. It counts. No yeah, and I tell you know. that to other people. It counts. Yeah. It counts, but it's you know what I mean. It's not like that. There he was. Right. I, know, I was three right feet away from me. it. And you know, yeah, yeah. I get it. Those are like the thing. really cool ones, but it doesn't matter yeah. what type of experience anyone has, even if it's coming across no, the footprint. You're right. I mean, uh, if, dude, if I came across or even a sound. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'd be like, You're right. Oh shit. I, I'd be uh, on the phone shaking with yep. nerve, like I just found a footprint. I just, you know, just like you just shot right. your first big buck, you know, as a kid, oh, you right. know, it, it's a good experience. So don't ever sell yeah. yourself short on that. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I do have another, I have another cool experience I could tell you about, but, but whatever, like, I just love being out in nature. I get excited if I see a bunny rabbit, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like the, the process of looking for Bigfoot, you know, people think it's some big you know, complicated thing, but you'd really, we just call it camping with a purpose, right? Yeah. Like you're, you go out there, you're hiking, you're camping, you're listening, you're looking. So you can see a lot of other cool things while you're doing that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that, that's one thing. Um, a few of my friends always, always valued, I guess, about me when we'd go hunting is I, I, I don't know. I, I had this fascination even since, even when I was younger to always identify different tracks and i'm not going to say i'm an expert tracker but you know i i can look at tracks tell you which way they're going you know if it might have been running walking whatever and i I remember one of the times my wife and i were out hiking we came across some turkey turkey you know tracks and what have you and we came came across some some scratch and i said now look at this i said what do you see and she she looks down she's like well it looks like they were scratching and, and pecking I said, okay, can you tell me what direction they're going? She goes, not really. I said, now look at the scratch again, because they scratch in a triangle. And she goes, she's looking and you know, they'll scratch left. They'll scratch right. I said, you follow that triangle up. That's the direction that Turkey's heading. You go up further. You're going to find another scratch where they're scratched around. Sure enough. And she's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I said, it's just simple things like that. You know what I mean? Simple. Now, yeah. I mean, it's simple, but it's not right. It's like, you know, simple, but you got to know it. <laughs> correct. And yeah. I said, you know, just because you see that and you know the direction they're going, don't ever expect to sneak up on a turkey. I said, they are the right. eyes of the forest. I said, and they are. what you will, will find is deer and turkey hang out a lot together because mm -hmm. the turkey will see you way before, you know, you could be walking in the wind, turkey sees you. Yeah. Well, they're, they're going to blow your cover and then there goes the deer. So, you yep. know, it's just, yep. you know, it's, simple things like that. And, and I'm sure True. us knowing this knowledge, if Sasquatch does exist, I'm sure they use the same type of behaviors and, and analysis of mm -hmm. other animals and of their own, own sense as well yeah. to, you know, figure out the, the bald Sasquatch called us, you know, man, well, human. I think so. You know I, mean? I think so. Like one of the biggest questions that I always get, I'm sure you do is you know there's all these game cameras why haven't we caught one you know i am of the thinking and i do not claim to be right you know i have i am interested is there some type of a undocumented primate out there that's my interest but i don't know if that's what they are if they exist i mean if you have somebody over here who thinks they're paranormal you they think they're an alien i'm like that's super cool let's just right 
not if that I'm willing to go down whatever there wherever the path takes me. And if it took me there, I'd probably wouldn't be my like super interest. But I'm I'm like kind of looking this way. And I just forgot my point. <laughs> uh, you're good. I, no, what were we talking about? I just uh, forgot my point. Um, oh, I know. I, I know. This is me. Like, hello, no, this you're is good. Amy Boo. I, I'm always, I'm a teacher and I do that all the time. So um, people were saying about the cameras, like there's mm -hmm. camera traps in the woods. Why don't we have one? Well, I feel like if it is like it's a natural creature, and there aren't that many of them. I, I kind of feel like maybe there aren't. I don't know. But just from different things I've studied and looked into. But let's say they're real. Let's say there's not that many of them. I feel like they're intelligent. You know, um, one of the guys in my Project Zoo book, he is the person that told me all about the Cross River Gorillas over in Africa. And it was just this century that they finally caught them on a camera trap. And when you look at that first video ever that we know of that they were caught, you know, they had cameras in there. They had people looking for them and stuff, but all of the gorillas were looking straight at the camera. They were all female, I believe. And then there was a silverback that comes into the frame and he's staring right at the camera and he bluff charges the camera, you know, like they can he maybe hear something or it's just something different that they're not used to. I don't know what it is, but I don't see why Sasquatch would be any different than that. My thoughts you know, always go. Gorillas are expert at avoiding things. Yeah. With with the trail cam thing, my thought always goes to, okay, blow a dog whistle around a dog. They're going to hear it. Mm -hmm. We're not yes. going to. Um, every electronic um, device gives off a certain sound frequency. And maybe they hear it. Maybe it drives them nuts. You know That's what I mean? That's what I Could, wonder. Yeah. You know, I, I remember as a young kid before I w went into the air force and didn't wear proper hearing protection around the F-16s and, you know, like a dumbass, um, I could hear a computer run. You know what I mean? I could hear that. It gave off like a, a, a like a, a, almost like a, I don't want to say a whistle, but you know, I could hear it. And now I, I can't obviously, but you know, if, if they're not around all these loud noises, like we are, imagine how good their hearing must be to hear, you know, maybe, maybe the camera just makes a slight noise when it's spooling up to, to turn yeah, on. That's to, what I know, think. So it, that doesn't bother me. We don't have a lot of photos right. and that doesn't mean they're know, not real. It's, you know, it's one of those things. And then you get people out there, they're like, Oh, all you get is blob squatches. Well, you know what, <laughs> when you're out there at the last thing you, even, even during that uh, encounter, my cat's you know, too. you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when that buck was flushed out, you know, my instinct, my hand went to my side, sidearm. My, mm -hmm. my, my thought was not get out my phone and right. record, you know what I mean? Right. And, and people need to understand with, with a lot of these encounters is people are fucking terrified in that moment. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you're just They're, in that moment. Yeah. You're in you that know, moment. It's not like, Hey, look, it's a Sasquatch. Let's pull out my phone <laughs> and take a picture. No, right. It's like, what the hell am I seeing? And is it going to kill me? Right. I was in the, doing the elk scenic drive. I just did it a few weeks ago, but this was several years ago. I had done it by myself in PA. And like, I think I started at the snowshoe area and went that way. And 
I had been looking at a scenic overlook. I had my camera out looking, taking pictures, just put it in my pocket. I hear something coming out of the brush, like up the hill and there's a black bear. Mm. So I'm standing there. It was maybe like five to 10 feet from me again, bad at distances, but it was close. Right. And, you know, I'm not terrified of black bear, but you know, you don't know if you have a grumpy black bear, you know, <laughs> they're strong exactly. and they're big. So it was like sniffing at me and everything. I wasn't going to put my hand in my pocket to try to get a picture. You know, I just stood still and hoped it would go away. So yeah, I just, one time I had gone to a Bigfoot event and I had just parked my parallel parked my car. So it might've been the stress of parallel parking that did it to me (laughs) because I've never been good at that. But there was a guy in a Bigfoot costume who walked like from here to here and then behind a building. And I was like, oh, I need to get a picture of Bigfoot. And I couldn't even get the guy in the Bigfoot costume because <laughs> if he was walking fast. So right. I'm like those kind of things. I get it. I have I, I have questions like that myself sometimes, but it doesn't preclude the possibility for me. Yeah. And and there's been many a times um, this happened to me this past fall. I was uh, there, there's an area. It's, it's uh, Bald Eagle State Forest. Um, that's near us. I mean, it, it spans all the way up past Williamsport area and, and mm-hmm. down, down towards us. Um, my wife and I found a really nice trail that is, is flat, but it, it does go down the side of the hill. So it does give you a, you know, a decent work, you know, workout and cardio and what have you, but it, but it's not yeah. super rocky and, and this and that. Well, the one day I was like, you know, I had a few hours and I was like, you know, I'm going to go out and, you know, look for some mushrooms, you know, cause it's fall, you know, you, time's running out to, to get some, you know, decent mushrooms. And I go to that area. I ended up, you know, I stopped at a couple other areas on the way up and get up there. I'm walking down in and I make the, the right that we always do. And then there's pine trees everywhere. And all of a sudden I just get this feeling of you need to get the hell out of here. And it was weird because I I've never really had anything like that. You know, I, I've been a hunter since I was a kid. You know, I went hunting with my parents before I could even shoot a gun. You know, so I've always been in the woods, whether right. it was out west, out out here, out east. And I was just like, wow, this is weird. So I kept on walking and it just kind of got even stronger and t- to the point where if if I wasn't an avid woodsman and hiker, I probably would have freaked out and ran. But I was like, OK, you're getting this feeling for a reason. Let's just turn around. We'll just casually walk back. Head's still kind of on a swivel, but not acting like it's on a swivel, if you know what right. I mean. Like, you don't, <laughs> just in case yeah. you're going to look around and, you know, okay, oh, you make eye contact and you get an agitated, you know, Sasquatch or, or it could have right. even been a bear or, or a cat. Right. And I, I got that feeling and I left and I came home and I told my wife and she's like, wow, that's weird. I was like, yeah. And it just didn't set right with me. Well, this past weekend, yeah, past Saturday, I went up to the same area just scout now uh, early mushroom hunt you know not, nothing's really popped out yet you know the ground's a little too cold yet but you know the warm weather that we've been having you know it just kind of gets you in the mood and what have you yeah and i went on a di- i went a different way and i i kind of got down in and the birds weren't chirping anymore and it just got quiet mm-hmm. and i just got this feeling i was like you know what today's not the day that i need to go go deep down in here to to look for mushrooms you know i'm just gonna head back and you know my got back my wife and 
I didn't really say nothing to her. I was like, ah, it just wasn't the same, you know, used to yeah. hike in that area with you and the, and, and the dogs, you know, and just kind of, kind of, you know, missed having my partners with me and, and, and what have you. But it just got, it, I didn't get the feeling that I got before, but I, I just got a feeling of, mm, today's not the day, yeah. you know? So I, I yeah. don't know. I think it's important to listen to that. Yeah. It's important to listen to that no matter what it was. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your other um, encounter and then we'll segue into Project Zubuk. Sure. Well, you know, I, I go out into the woods as often as possible. It's been hard not, not being able to do what I want to do this last year, but I've been taking it easy and getting my health back, like I said. But um, so I've been different places where like different sounds have happened or, you know, some interesting things but the other experience that was pretty pretty cool <laughs> um you know I, again I don't claim that it was Bigfoot because I I didn't I, I saw this through a thermal camera okay. through a FLIR camera and so it wasn't like you know it put a big spotlight on it and oh there it was so for me, that's still, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, but here's what happened. I was helping out with an expedition in Southern Ohio again, and I look um, through, I'm trying to make a long story short. Let me back up a minute. So there were four of us out there. It was kind of drizzly rain. I had wanted to leave that night, but there were a couple of people that wanted to stay. So I'm like, okay, we'll stay. So myself and my friend's husband were sitting like on the um, tailgate or whatever of his truck. So what you call it? Like where you, like the truck was up in the, yeah. you know, the back of the truck, whatever yeah. it's called. And, and he's looking through his FLIR and he like jumps up and, and almost hits his head on the, you know, truck. And he gets up and he's like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And he, hands me the flare and I'm like no you keep it you know because in my head you know like if you go bird watching or something you don't want to get your eye off the thing because you might not be able to find it again right? right we're at the top of a power line cut so here are all the towers you know going down downhill and it ended at a overhang down to like I don't know if you'd call it a big creek or a small river or whatever, but a you know, flowing right. down there. So on this side are trees, and here are the towers. So it was pretty clear, but this was in the middle of the night. I had just been there before, so I knew the setup, you know, what we were looking at. So he's like, No, you gotta see this. So I look through the flare and expecting it to be white hot, because I, you know, I've I've only seen people put, you know, the heat signature is going to be white hot but this was he had it turned to black hot okay so i look for a minute it took a second to adjust but then i it's like really obviously obvious what he's talking about there's something walking down the power line cut and mm. it was just like really odd because it was definitely humanoid in shape um a little bit earlier we thought we had heard footsteps quite a you know a good distance to our left but um we went over that way didn't ever see anything we had smelled something weird like it was this whole experience you know but we weren't really you know you go look for bigfoot but you don't really expect to see bigfoot right you know 
anyway, so I'm looking at this thing and I know it was walking downward because it kept getting smaller and smaller, but you, you didn't hear it walking or anything like that. Um, when I first saw it and when he first saw it, it was right near like the second tower down the hill. So that's a little bit important. And those towers were still glowing because of the residual heat. So they were glowing black too. And it's walking away. We kind of go back and forth, back and forth, walking, watching it walk down. And then it just like goes over the embankment and and it's gone. And that was really, really odd because a person would have had to like turn around, back up, crawl down, holding on to roots and things, or you'd, you'd like really get hurt if not killed going over there, you know? So it was just gone. So I didn't know how, what, how big, what I was looking at was, you know, but we radioed the other team that was across, like you go down to that water and then up the hill and they were mm-hmm. coming through the woods up there. They didn't get there in time. Cause they're like <laughs> booking it through the woods and it was already down there. So they wanted us to wait until they drove like they had to go back through the woods and they had to drive all the way around so that was going to take several minutes and I'm like you know I want to see what's going on here so they didn't you know it wasn't my expedition and they were like just hold on wait for us to get there for safety and all that you know because because sometimes I'm stupid and I just want to like haul (laughs) fall down somewhere and other times I'm afraid so you know it just depends on what day you get me but we decided those of us who were there we decided to send Lester my fiance down that power line cut to kind of get a quick like while it was fresh in our minds estimate of the height of it because at least we had two witnesses and it was like okay we're going to get him down there and he went down there he's walking down he's walking down he's walking down it took him longer than we thought to get to that second tower and the base of it and both of us like the other guy and I were looking and we're like man he looks really small and this was not a flu this was like a like the least expensive still cool but flare right. like you can't focus in and out or anything like that so like you get what you get looking through it and we're like he looks really small compared to what we had seen so we're like retreat re- retreat up the hill so he comes back up and like by that time the other cars had gotten there and we were kind of trying to do um like some well, I guess that was afterwards, but I'll just tell you anyway. So we did another experiment for the height, but while I'm thinking about it, like we did kind of experiments where people would stand down there and like hold up two fingers or they would like, how many of us are there? And we could tell everything they did. We could, we could make it out. They looked like people with clothes on, you know, it was very different than what we saw. There were deer behind us we could see the deer so we were like passing all the tests you know like (laughs) looking through that and seeing it so anyway before they did that you know holding up the fingers and stuff we had sent my friend Kevin who we call big Kevin because he's six foot nine down that power line cut because we're like okay we'll send big Kevin down there he gets down there to the second um tower and the guy hands me I'm just saying the guy because I don't know if he wants me to say his name he hands me the fleer and I like my knees buckled 
you know, I have never had that happen in my entire life, but I like grabbed them like, like it was just such a shock how much smaller Kevin, who's six foot nine looked. Now I realize this is my memory. You know, you're, you're excited. Adrenaline's going and everything. But both of us thought that we're like, he just doesn't compare to what we saw. Um, What happened next was like Lester and I were supposed to leave that night. We had all packed up and everything, but because this happened, you know, then the, then some of the people went down, we're looking all of that um, grass had been like, was already matted down. There were no footprints or anything like that. And we looked the next day because it was just like the springy stuff. Um, looked down over the embankment. And as far as I know, there was nothing that was found. It's just very, just a lot of brush and stuff like that. So um, that was going on, you know, fleering everywhere, trying to see if they saw anything. And what was decided right away was that this other guy and myself were not going to talk to each other. So they separated us. He and his wife, my friend went back to the camp Lester and I ended up getting a hotel room which says a lot because I'm pretty cheap (laughs) (laughs) but we were like well we don't want to leave because this is happening I want to see if there's anything the next day and you know after staying there for a while and um we he wrote down everything he could remember that was seen I wrote everything like I'm like so detailed. It was like this and then this and then this and then this, like this big, like from the hotel stationery, all these pages of it, of what had happened. And we both drew a picture of what we remembered this looking like. So in a, we never talked to each other. Multiple people interviewed us getting our stories. And it was two or three weeks later that we got back together around a campfire. And this guy and I were, telling the story and I remember like sitting there and when something like that happens at least for me and with a lot of the witnesses that I talk to you like start doubting yourself you're like maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't you know but it was really helpful that we had written it down and dropped to do a picture and then as we're talking and sharing the stories like they were the same so they matched up perfectly our drawings were very similar what I said it looked like to me was like almost like a walking Christmas tree. Like, cause it, it wasn't like perfectly pointed, but it was definitely pointed and then just broad, but right. you could, when you were watching it, like you could see a gate um, and it was hilly and bumpy, like going up and down. Um, you know, when I've thought of anything else, it could be the other guy, really, could it have been like, you're like, okay, you don't want to fool yourself into thinking okay it's absolutely bigfoot could it have been like a bird with the wings out but not how it was walking and and it wasn't a bird no (laughs) could it have been like somebody very tall in a in a rain like raincoat cape or something but then the the heat signature wouldn't have been like it was right you know like it it, i don't know what it was (laughs) don't know what it was but what i do know is that there have been a lot of sightings in that area a lot of people who have said they've seen things including police officers and you know just a whole bunch of different reports and so i cannot say what that was but it scared me (laughs) and it 
you know, I think about it a lot. Sometimes I have dreams about it. Yeah. So it, it was, it was quite the experience for sure. And six foot nine, that's yeah. only three inches away from being seven foot tall. Yeah. That, that's a yeah. big dude. You know what I mean? It and is. For him yeah. to look small in the fear, uh, that, that says something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, what you yeah. saw was pretty big. You know, it, they don't make yeah. birds that big. And no, no, <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, it's you... just like, it's just like, are we remembering it right? But it was, it's so helpful that there was somebody else remembered it the same, mm-hmm. you know, like we're, we, he, it wasn't like he stood next to it and then we could compare. It was our impression right, of what it was. And even if you're off a little bit, that's still really tall, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you yeah. could tell, you could see you could see their coats and their boots and it wasn't like that. It, it was all one color. Nice. So, yeah, I think I'd be a little, uh, freaked out myself, you know, um, <laughs> back in 2020, uh, Sean Forker, uh, and I were always supposed to hook up cause we only live about an hour away from each other and go, go, you know, look for some Sasquatch and what have you. And, and with everything that went down, um, you know, things you know i'm hoping maybe this year or you know or soon you know maybe this summer him and i can can hook up and and go on like a a small expedition and yeah um i have a quick question what are your thoughts do you have you watched expedition bigfoot with russell accord and now i i haven't watched all of it and i haven't watched the new season yet i just i'm pretty busy but i yeah i know know of it um I watched the very first season. I was previously um, friends with Russell on my personal Facebook account and had some conversations with him. Very nice conversations. Decent man. Uh, Would love to have him on the show someday. Um, And I got a a little pissed off on on the fan page because, you know, they were like, oh, this is all Hollywood fake, da, 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 da. And they started bashing, you know, I, you know, I can only speak for Russell because he's the only one that I actually had conversations with. I'm like, dude, you guys have no, no clue. You have no time. If this is the only time you have to bash people, get a life. But watching season two and they had to cut it short because there was wildfire and they, they do, I think at the end of season two, they did release, um, new, new findings, uh, is one of the last episodes and what have you. And the footprints that they came across and the environmental DNA that they, they, you know, were able to come across blew my mind because this is like the first time watching a Sasquatch show where they're actually getting evidence. And a lot of people are like, well, look at the guy. He used to be an actor and da, da, da. who cares? You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, who cares what they did in the past? This is a passion. They, they like it. And you know, that kind of segues into with, with project zoo book. And, you know, you have some primatologist is Dr. Mariah Mayer, uh, one of those people that um, are, are kind of in that circle with, with project uh, zoo book. I wish she was, we've had her on there. She's talked to us, you know, so she's been on a nice. couple of zooms, but um, she's just so busy. Yeah. Like she, came on a project zoo book zoom before the show started. Like we knew of the show, mm-hmm. but it, it hadn't um, aired yet or anything like that. And she was lovely. So smart. So adventurous. So, you know, Dr. Hey, Mayor, if you ever very... want to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
She's not a very big woman, but I'll tell you what, she she's, is She's brave. badass. Am I allowed yeah. to say that? Yes, you <laughs> can. Is. This is a free speech uh, yeah. podcast, so you yeah. can use any <laughs> language you want. Uh, well, I'm but, a kindergarten teacher right now. I didn't used to teach kindergarten, but now I'm like, mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm, all it's, day. It's <laughs> but, you know, th- she just goes running towards it. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, you're a petite woman. Like, yeah. if you did come across an angry Sasquatch. Um, all it would have to do is just like act like it's going to flick your nose and you're done. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. it, it, but and, she wants to know. She yeah, wants she to does. know. So, yeah, I really admire her greatly. She, you know, whatever you think about the show, whatever you think about the show, like, I, and again, I haven't watched all of it or anything. Um, Russ has only ever been nice to me, um, met him several times, talked to him a lot and stuff. Um, Dr. Mayor has only ever been nice to me, you know, and, and just like I said, she's been on zoo book and just lovely. Um, she got reamed. I feel so bad for her. I made this big, this big dramatic post at, you know, after the first season started because I'm like, come on people. Like she's getting it from the scientific community. She's getting mm-hmm. it from the Bigfoot community. I'm like, why why are people just crucifying this woman who is putting her reputation out there to take what we love seriously? Yeah. You know, and, and I, I just, I don't know, like I felt so she's, I mean, to my knowledge, like she's never complained about it to me or anything like that, but she's just, I feel like I, I have met some of the best people I've ever known in the Bigfoot community. And I've met some of the worst people I've ever known in the Bigfoot community. And it's not like if you are interested in, I don't know, cats, like you are in cat clubs or something, you know, whatever. I'm sure there's drama. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. And, but I feel like sometimes the Bigfoot community eats its own, like more than I've ever experienced before. And I just felt terrible, terrible for her. Um, I think she has overcome all of that glowingly, you know, and she's still doing it. I don't know that she gives a crap what anybody says about her. And she shouldn't, you know what I mean? She shouldn't, she shouldn't. And I think people need to remember, again, I, I have friends who love the show. I have friends who think it's all fake, whatever. I don't know. I don't right. know, you know, much about it, but people need to remember, number one, it's a TV show and it is for entertainment, right? And that's okay. Number two, if, cause I know a lot of the crap that Russ has got has been, oh, he's getting paid to do this. Like, wouldn't we all love to get paid for doing what we love to do? Yeah. You know, I, if I would you're not to eventually get paid to be a podcast. Yeah. It's, it's like, if you're not <laughs> hurting anybody or anything like who, it doesn't make you a better Bigfoot researcher if you are or aren't paid for it. You know, right. I, I know some people who are paid for things who are 
absolute best. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People and hoaxers and all of that. And I'm like, I hope that someday people realize that and their cash cow stops. I'll just leave well, it at that. The but, karma energy um, will, will come yes, back around. Yes, I hope so. Because I know some of those people personally. But... You know, just the people that are just going after the show just because it's on TV, just because they're paid for what they do. Why? Why can't they be paid for their time? Exactly. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's where, where you were going with that whole thing. But, you know, if I had any criticism of the show and, you know, if if Dr. Mayor Russ sees this, then, you know, this is just how I feel. Um, I feel like the show itself acted like they were the first to do a lot of things that a lot of other people have already done that's just but again it's a tv show it's for entertainment the vast majority of the public has never heard of doing those things so Mm. i get it you know it's not like i'm not the one that went and did that exactly um and i love i love the take that russell you know brings up you know he goes out lone bushman yeah he has a cameraman with him but Mm -hmm. Even if he didn't, that's his style. He'd go out alone, you know, camouflaged up, whatever he has to do, you know, repelling down, what have you. You know, I'm scared of heights, you know, and, you know, he's a little older. I love that because that's, that's like, if I physically could do that and if I mentally had all of the knowledge and I don't care if I'm 70 years old, like I am determined. You were talking about my bucket list earlier, like I'm a determined to know more and more and more and get healthier and healthier and healthier. So I could do that. Like I liked being out there alone. I, I love that kind of thing that he does. So yeah, I'm an admirer of that style for sure. So with project zoo book, um, let the, let my audience know exactly what it is that you set out when co-creating, um, this this project and what information ultimately you want want people to know about because you do bring in you know primatologists and a lot of different you know scientific aspects to this you know to either validate that there there could be a a a missing primate or b a missing branch of humanity that just Mm -hmm. broke off and you know, decided it didn't need to, you know, adapt the way we did and was perfectly fine living the way it did. You know what I mean? So, you know, let me and my audience know what, what zoo book's all about. I love project zoo book. (laughs) It's just, 
I still can't believe it exists sometimes. Um, it's just such a cool thing to be a part of. And I think the way you worded it was like, how did I start going about it? And really like it, it was an accident, you know, um, the first thing I say when somebody asked me about it and like, Ooh, how'd you get lucky enough to be involved? I'm, I was lucky. I found a post by a young lady who was interested in Bigfoot, wanted to go out on an expedition. And I answered her post and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm not running this, but I could try to help you if you have some questions. And we start, struck up a conversation and Basically, she said that she and her coworkers were fascinated with Bigfoot. They haven't had a Bigfoot lunch club. They read everything they could. They listened to Sasquatch Chronicles and every other podcast and read all the books. And they really wanted to learn more and they wanted to go out and look for Bigfoot. So I'm like, that is so cool because, you know, my, my coworkers know that I'm into Bigfoot, but it's not like we talk about it or right. anything like that. You know, I didn't know what she'd did for a living. I was not Facebook friends with her, you know, didn't know anything. So I'm just kind of telling her about that and ended up, they couldn't go out on that expedition, but we chatted a bit and I'm not sure how many days later or whatever it was, but, you know, in my head, I was not expecting what came next. You know, I don't know what I thought she did for a living and what her coworkers did, but long story short, it ends up that she was a primate zoologist and she and her coworkers were the whole primate department of their zoo. Oh, so nice. I'm like, what? Like, come again? <laughs> when, I, when she told me that, because, you know, like, I know I am not crazy with how I look at things. And I know that there are a lot of very intriguing um parts of Bigfoot that the best scientists could be interested in. I know that. Um, but your general public might not know that, you know, so I'm not used to scientists taking it any bit seriously. Right. So it ended up that, you know, they wanted to know more and I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, like I gotta get them to the right people because I know that I had read a lot of books and talked to a lot of people and listened to a lot of shows and I go out as much as I can, but I, not that there's any expert in Bigfooting, but if there were, it was not me, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I can tell them my limited knowledge and my limited theories and all that, but who else would they want to talk to? So pretty quickly, you know, I got, I think the first person I got in touch with was Monongahela. That's his um, name that he goes by. He's a guy who, um, I don't want to give away his whole story, but, but he is really good with audio. And that's, if anybody knows him, you know, like that is, that is like an understatement. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to talk to him and maybe he'll talk to them. And then I had, um, you know, gone out to the Olympic project at that, that point and become friends with Shane Corson and Derek Randalls and all them. And I knew what great work they were doing out in um, the Olympic national forest with those ground nests that were found out there. And so I'm like, okay, they're going to want to talk to them. And I, I just was like, who could they talk to? And so we started doing phone calls. 
So every couple of weeks we would have a conference call and they would get to talk to somebody and it was really fun. And just the conversations, like my best friend, Tina Sams, she's in Project Zubuck also. And we would be like listening, but we'd also be texting like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, like, <laughs> what are they talking about? They're really smart. <laughs> and um, just, I, it was the best because I started learning more about large primates that they work with gorillas and chimps and all of that. And then they were learning about what's going on in Bigfooting. And so it eventually it um, morphed into Zoom calls like we're doing still every couple of weeks. We decided like, what are we? Are we a group? Like, are we just becoming friends? Like, should we have a name? And it was really kind of a joke because <laughs> we were like, I forget who said it. I, I did not come up with this name, but somebody's like, oh, we should be Project Zoo Book, kind of like Project Blue Book, but for Bigfoot. Okay. Because, you know, these people are super interested in Bigfoot, but they didn't necessarily want their curators at their zoo to know that <laughs> because right. like one of them, our main gorilla guy said, he's like, well, I might not get fired, but I'll probably be sent over to the petting zoo, you know, instead <laughs> of being in charge of the primates, you know, because Bigfoot, ha ha ha, it's stupid, right? You know, so they, so we have always been a more private group. Um, this has been going on for four years, maybe longer. No, I can't remember, but, you know, we kept growing and we would, we would start getting somebody else interested and I bring researchers to tell their stories we um, wanted to get more scientists involved. So it was around that time where I, I don't know if I volunteered as tribute, like consciously <laughs> or not, but as the person along with that first young lady that I talked to, you know, who got this kind of going, I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. And that's when I started um, you know, going on podcasts, why anybody wants to talk to me sometimes, I'm still not sure, but like doing podcasts, I started speaking at libraries. That was just a fluky thing too. And then one of the, um, if not the first library talk I gave, there was a gentleman who stayed later after to talk to me and he ended up he was at the wrong talk because <laughs> I was speaking in one room and down the hall, there was a lady talking about the birds of Costa Rica and he went in the wrong room. And then he was kind of, if I'm remembering, I kind of stuck in the middle because there were people like on both sides and it's like, Oh, well, listen to this for a little while. It should be good for a chuckle. You know, Bigfoot it ended up that he was so impressed, not saying with me, but I was, what I was talking about the Olympic project and things like that he's like, this is really interesting. And he's like, I was all prepared to throw a tomato at you or something, <laughs> and, but I'm fascinated. Like I want to know more. And he asked me if I would go speak at the Audubon society because that he was like the head of the Audubon society in our area. And I'm like thinking, okay, bird people are going to want to hear about Bigfoot. That was one of my favorite talks I ever gave because oh, that's awesome. we were talking about the similarities between you know, what we do, how we go about it. You know, we were talking about the ivory billed woodpecker that they look for that's not supposed to exist anymore. And what we're looking for is not supposed to exist. And, you know, um, that, that led to some other uh, opportunities with more scientific groups that were involved with real animals. 
like I did a thing for the Division of Wildlife in Ohio, and they asked me to come there and have a booth at at an event that they had. And I'm thinking I'm the novelty act. You know, the kids are going to come to me, ooh, Bigfoot, you know. They put me like in a booth right between, or I'll never forget, I was like between coyotes and dragonflies. I'm like, wait a minute, like they're taking me seriously. (laughs) So it just kept like growing. And after doing podcasts, and that's funny, I think we were talking before we were recording, I think we were talking about Sasquatch Chronicles, but I had done like this very short interview with Wes Germer when I was out at Horror Hound in Indianapolis. And from that, we got like one of my favorite, I love all of you Project Zoom book members, but like this awesome scientist that joined us because she had heard that. And, you know, I'm hoping, I mean, I am having so much fun talking to you, but one of the reasons I do this, I take the time to do it is because sometimes somebody hears it that wants Mm -hmm. to get involved. So at this point we have like from either speaking engagements or word of mouth or somebody knows somebody or podcast, um, or when I, when I do those outdoor shows, I'm out there talking to hunters and fishermen, and then they tell somebody I'm, I enjoy it but I'm there to get reports and I'm there to get scientists. And so at this point we have um, primatologists, anthropologists, primate zoologists, taxonomists, um, which I didn't even know what that was before. Um, We have wildlife biologists that specialize in different things. Like one of our wildlife biologists, his specialty is cougars. And so we talk about them, you know, it's not just Bigfoot all the time. We have a couple marine biologists. And so we had one, uh, let's do a, you know, lake monster night on Project Zoo Book. But um, just, uh, we have wildlife photographers. We, we just have a lot of really cool people. And we bring different guests on the show to talk about from the researcher side, like their experiences, their methods, their techniques. Or we bring scientists on who talk about their specialty because they are the specialists and um, it's fantastic. It's really a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever brought a scientist in that wanted to never come back. Like, that's, and that's I will say something. It is. And I'll tell you that to a person, if I, we don't record our, um, Zooms, like sometimes we all wish we could because you want to remember everything, but we want to keep that privacy for them. And if I had recorded them, I betcha that people, all of them were like, I didn't know there was this much going on. I didn't realize, I never knew people were looking into ground nests. I never knew that there was so much footprint evidence. I never knew this or that. Dr. Meldrum has come on a few times and just sitting there listening to him and one of our other anthropologists talk about relic hominids and, you know, and how that would relate to Bigfoot. It's just, I'm like, how did this, how did this happen? And how did I be so, you know, lucky to do this? And I'll tell you, you know, you talked earlier about not selling myself short and I don't know, like I, like I said about my stories, I wish I could have a story for you. Like, Ooh, I saw him right there and I know it was real. I don't, but I'm not gonna lie about it either, but I'll tell you what, I feel very, very lucky and blessed that project 
ZooBook started and that it's thriving and doing so well, but I also do work really hard at it. You know, I, I work very hard at what I do. So I do, um, I feel lucky and I feel like proud of myself as well. Well, you should. And I'm I'm just saying this as a, uh, from a podcaster's standpoint, uh, I, I think you're missing a beautiful calling. Um, I'm granted you'd have to get, you know, the permission from, from the others and what have you. But I think if you release that as a podcast, you would be surprised at how many listeners would actually start tuning in and, and listening because you look at how Wes conducts his show. And then if you brought your side with, with zoo book to, to curtail something like what he does, Mm -hmm. I, I know, I know for a fact, I, I'd tune in, you know what I mean? I I don't, I don't miss a, a, you know, I I started this podcast and I didn't want to be the Bigfoot guy, but I, I do have, you know, a a lot of, (laughs) you know, friends that that know friends of friends you know in the community yeah, you know, exactly, such as, yeah. you know jamie and you know you and i are friends on on you know facebook and i i always get hesitant <clears throat> to uh to bring someone on because it's like wes has that wes and tony merkel you know they have that whole genre they do what they tackle. do but you do yes. what you do and you I know do. don't and yeah you know, and if people don't, don't like to listen, you know, and I, I didn't bring you on to, um, not necessarily talk about your experience, but I wanted to get, um, you know, project zoo book out there. Um, Amy's bucket list, talk, you know, talk about, you know, the, uh, the Olympic project, you know, with Shane and and what have you. And it, it, you know, when we first talked and, and we're, we're texting back and forth. I, you're like, well, how long of a show do you do? I said, you know, anywhere from an hour, two hours, you know, maybe longer, <laughs> just depends on where it goes. We're, yeah. we're at, um, probably an hour and a half, almost getting there. It doesn't there. feel like it. Does no, it, it doesn't maybe it does feel to like everybody it. listening to us. <laughs> right. But to and, me, it doesn't. <laughs> and we, we, we've just barely, you know, just started scratching yeah. the surface on, on project blue book or uh, project. See? project well, I, I appreciate what you're saying like I know for a fact that our our zooms that we do when we get into the nitty-gritty of things will never be public right. because the beauty of it is that it is a safe place for the scientists we have yes. people who are you know professors at universities we have people that work for federal programs you know we have pe- people at zoo so I know and it sucks because I swear after everyone, like I'll be talking to one of my fellow zoo bookers and we'll be like, like, that's like the best conference we've ever been to. We wish everybody could hear it, but I will tell you this. I did. I used to have my own podcast for about a year. And then I realized that I remember when you you were kicking that off. Yeah. It's like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my dream. Like I have other dreams and I have limited time. So I'm going to pursue these, but I enjoyed it, you know, and never say never for something else. I did have a few of the scientists on there. Um, Sometimes they were, you know, disguised, disguised, (laughs) like just their little profile or whatever. But um, so we did have a few of them on, but what we are doing, and, and again, who knows, like we say, I got this from Shane Corson from the Olympic project, because I know they do the same thing. And I'm a member of that as well, but 
Dr. Bindernagel, you know, wildlife biologist from Canada, God he would say soul. that he, wa- yes, that his goal was to make the subject of Bigfoot less taboo. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we're trying to carry that torch forward where they don't have to, it doesn't have to be a secret Amy Boo group. You know, there's, right. you know, I was talking about Bigfoot drama and there are different group Bigfoot groups out there on Facebook that still call it oh, Amy Boo's little pretend group you know and i'm okay with that does it like irritate me sometimes i'm like you know nobody likes to be called a liar i guess but at the end of the day i'm like you know what i'm doing my job i'm doing my job like i said i'm the face of project zoo book for better or worse i'm the ambassador of it i guess going out there because some people can't right but i'm i'm fine if people want to say it's pretend good i'm doing my job you know um it's not but <laughs> right but at but, the end know. of the day they still have their own bigfoot you know facebook yeah. page it's like right 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 just, just shut your stuff down i mean like <laughs> it's fine it's fine i've we've talked about that too like i've grown a the thickest skin doing this because i've you know what i think whenever somebody new comes on the scene if i hear of them if i can give them encouragement i'm like do what you love to do your voice is as important as anybody else's and i love wes you know and i love tony merkel but your voice is just as important too so here i'm gonna give you you some hype because i'm like i would just get reamed about like why is she talking about this whatever and i'm like i'm allowed to have an opinion i don't claim to be an expert i don't claim anything except that i really have a passion for this and i want to get people you know i want to get people involved in my project and there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all There's nothing wrong with that but we are i think that whole thing i just said was a roundabout way to say that we are in the process of developing a website and it is way not done yet, but our goal is to have like, ask the primatologist, ask the wildlife biologist and have different studies that we're doing on there. Um, And again, they, some of them, some of them are out in the open. I say they're out of the Bigfoot closet. (laughs) Some of the scientists are, but a lot of them aren't. And that's okay. Like I want them to be able to come and talk about something that they really are interested in. Not all of them believe in Bigfoot, you know, but several of them do. And several of them say they have seen one. Right. So I like, whenever I say that, I'm like, okay, at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, I'm not sure if I believe in Bigfoot, but they're like, when I think about their stories and what they said, you know, then I'm like, how can I not, you know, this person who, their entire livelihood and their, their, um, their life has been based on animals and, you know, biology and everything. And they 100% say that they've seen one, like, how can you just dismiss that? You know, so, so hopefully we, we will get that up and running and have something for people to interact with us. That will be awesome. And, and it's understandable, you know, to, to want to, from their aspect, want to remain more anonymous just by what, uh, Dr. Melba Ketchum, you know, went through with, you know, just trying to do it, not letting anybody know, Hey, just tell me what, what these results come back. And then the backlash that 
that yeah. she took. I mean, she won't even go on podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, just like I said, it's, it ruined her whole own, career. It? Yeah, it's and sad. It's, like, you know, it's really sad. It's like stop it, people. You know, yeah. the the people that that believe and and want to have an encounter or have had an encounter or whatever. Why are you shitting all over someone else that that, that believes in the same thing that you do and might have? that actually gets off their their recliner and away from their laptop and goes out into the forest to to try and conduct studies and get evidence and you know like like wes says no one has one in their in their garage or basement to study you know what i mean so everything you know the the big biggest thing that you get is footprints and you know if that's the only thing we have to study at this point, you know, it's a starting point and start that in the audio. I think the audio is pretty fascinating. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I hope it's somebody, I hope it's somebody, just a normal person that is doing their best and people make fun of and all that. I hope it's them that, that finds the proof. I really do. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know, just, and, and taking it back to, you know, when, when, Russell on expedition, you know, Bigfoot came across those footprints. I mean, the cameraman pans down. I mean, clearly, could it be staged? Could it be Hollywood? Yes, you can take that all into to consideration. The talks but that maybe I've it's had, not. Yeah, the, but yeah. the talks that I have had in the past with Russell and and the many talks that you have had, he's not a liar. You know, he yeah. he, he he's he's a military vet. He has a certain you know code of you know, conduct that, you know, you know, he carries about himself and it, I've never got the, the inkling or, in, you know, anything that, that he would want to lie. Uh, you know, if anything, the dude has the biggest heart in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and people don't like people that have confidence. No, you know, he has confidence and he'll be like, you know, telling people how it is. And they yeah. don't like that. And go they don't like sandbody. that. So yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, then when when was it in the initial lockdown um i forget the guy's name he he does a lot of the he picks apart the the video evidence of uh you know like like in the beginning thinker thunker and when he went after um bob giblin gimlin and the patterson gimlin film and this and that i'm like dude what are you doing like yeah you know pardon my friend fuck off get off your fucking chair and go out and do something yourself other than sitting behind a computer analyzing you're probably thinking too about what's his name my brain my brain has left the building um mk davis maybe it's the one that really went after i thought you were just talking about right i thought you were talking about like just in general i think it was mk davis that really yeah like and i apologize if thinker thunkers listening yeah no yeah i I, I jumped the gun on that because i thought (laughs) you were going a different direction but um no like i just don't understand and maybe this is going to sound very naive but why are people so mean (laughs) i don't get it exactly like you know what i mean there's so many mean people in bigfooting it's like you i'm sorry don't have the answers to everything you might think you do just let people be just let people be we all have a the same interest you know like just 
shut up. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I know I know that MK Davis would not say that to to Bob's face because he'd probably get a right hook straight across right. his jaw. <laughs> he would. And, he you would. You know what I mean? And he'd be laying. And there it's okay out. to like it's okay for him to think it. Like right. I have zero problems with skeptics and people who want to try to debunk things and everything. But it is just like when it turns into slander mm-hmm. or it's just nasty, like go away. I just, yeah. I would love to meet some of the people. Like I am a teacher from Ohio, you know, like I grew up singing in the choir. I, I try to be nice to people, you know, big footing kind of for a while there. I thought it was going to steal my soul <laughs> because I just was so disenchanted by some people that I thought were friends, all of that drama and stuff. But it's like, you know, just be nice, you know, (laughs) just be nice. Derek Randall's the head of the Olympic project in his words. He always just says, just don't be a dick. Please just don't be a dick. (laughs) It's just stop. To be honest with you, Amy, you know, um, years ago, you know, when I was in high school, you know, and then I went off to the military. I, I, I was a dick. I was an asshole. I, I had a short fuse and then I met my now wife. Well, we can all be jerks once yes. in a while, you know? Um, I, I was married previously. She was too. We both went through, you know, divorce and somehow ended up finding each other through mutual friends. It was weird because, you know, our paths had actually crossed many times before in our lives, but we just never really paid attention to it and, and yeah. noticed. And she started bringing something out of me that I never thought I had. And then it, it just amplified when I started this podcast to just, you know, I've been on uh, more of a spiritual journey and I realized, you know, if I'm nice to people, whether they're being an asshole or not, it makes me feel better. And eventually maybe that, that good energy will flow towards them and and something might help change them you know it 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 changed me um right i say this a lot i i carry a black tourmaline crystal in my pocket everywhere i go just to ward off you know bad energy you know and and my guests know you know i'm an empath so energy really really affects me in sometimes in a bad way but but since starting this i have learned my old coping mechanisms with that I've thrown them out the window and I look at everything in, in such a more peaceful and joyous, you know, set of eyes. It's, it's like, you know, there's going to be haters out there. You know, I I get it on my YouTube comments on, on certain, you know, episodes that I upload. And it's just like, you know, I, I never thought I would be in a position where I would laugh because my old self would want to retaliate and, and talk talk shit back. And, you know, I got this one comment and he didn't use any punctuation anywhere. And the the way he was kind of word and stuff, you know, I was, I was a dick in the most kind way possible. I, you know, I, I put myself down, you know, look, I'm not a very smart man. That's why I have guests on my show. Uh, could you please explain to me what, what you're trying to convey so I can better understand and, and right. help myself? And I never got a reply. But then right. uh, like a while later, someone else replied to that comment and they're like, dude, 
forget what he said, you know, you're doing a great yeah. job, you know, and, and it's, and you yeah. got to remember that at the end of the day, you know, you could be having you a do. shitty day, but just remember, you know, what you have inside yourself is a beautiful yeah. thing. And it doesn't matter what you believe in. People can listen to this episode when, when it drops and be like, they fucking really believe in Bigfoot and, and, and go down <laughs> this route. Well, you know yeah. what? You, you believe in some of the weirdest fucking conspiracies right. And, and right. you know, I don't judge you. You know what I mean? I, right. I've had people on talking about flat earth. I, I don't know what it is. I, I know NASA's right. lied to us our whole life, but I don't know if it's a ball. I don't know if it's flat. And at the end of the day, I'm falling asleep on my pillow and it's not going right. to affect me. You right. know what I mean? But I will entertain it, you know, because people yeah. are out there looking into stuff like this, whether it's Bigfoot, yeah. whether it's Dogman, whether it's, you know, uh, Skinwalker, you know. It, or those aliens. are the brave people because yeah. I don't want any of that to yeah. be real. <laughs> and then, then, then you have the UFO community, which yeah. you know is is astonishing all in itself. You know, I, I've seen weird lights in the sky. You know, and I'm prior Air Force to, to know that something's up there with no strobe lights and it's a solid light and it's just going right across the sky. And then, boom! You say, "Hey, babe, look!" And it, by the time you get, "Hey, babe," it's gone. Something following me around the light. <laughs> Do you see that? Yeah, I do. From somewhere. Sorry. Sorry for going off on a on, on a little no, tangent. No, it's fine. But... It's true. And you know, Jamie, our mutual friend Jamie King and Jenny King, they helped me in that area because I really truly almost quit several times just because of some of the crap and always pulled me back. You know, like just do what you love to do. Just do what you love to do. Just do what you love to do. Absolutely. Put the blinders on. You know, all of that noise doesn't matter. So, yeah. It, I, and, I love and I, Jamie and Jenny. So much better. I remember I didn't realize him and I were in the same um, Bigfoot uh, page on, on, on Facebook, PSR. And I'm sitting there, you know, this is when I was injured at, at work. So I had nothing to do but sit at a desk and listen to a podcast all day. So I had the confessionals on. You know, I'm working my way from the top at the time all the way down. Mm -hmm. I'm, I get to episode 100 and I, I hear Jamie King. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a Jamie King that posts in this Facebook group. So I reached out and I'm like, are you the Jamie King from episode 100 on the confessionals? Yes. Yes, I am. Like, oh, <laughs> my God. Best. And then from there on, it just sparked a friendship and. You know, I, I reached out to you. You didn't know me. You know, I, yeah, I'll be your friend. And now we're sitting here having a, a, a great conversation. Yeah. And anytime anybody gives you any flack and you, you want to reach out and vent, hit me up. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it, people can. Be, I really do. Be really I really assholes. do ignore it now. Like, it's yes. like, you know, I don't know if it's karma or what it is, but it's like, I believe that truth comes out in the end. I believe that if you follow something with a pure heart and intentions, you know, I, I hope to, like I said, inspire other people who have this interest to go for it and don't listen to all the people that are all about, you know, being Bigfoot famous or whatever ridiculousness it is um, and don't want somebody else to have any type of I don't know if it's success. I mean, personal success. My personal success is just like personal success is your to people's stories happiness. and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't care, but um, no, I, I'm definitely, I have gone beyond caring. Like I have zero time 
for that noise. Um, and I'm just having fun. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. Um, we'll touch on the, uh, the Olympic project real quick. If, if you, if you're, if you're okay with that, uh, oh, sure. um, yeah, sure. th- that fascinates me, uh, a lot because, you know, it, to me, Sasquatch in the United States originated in can- uh, yeah, Canada. Yeah. In the United States originated in yeah. Canada, um, <laughs> California, Washington, and Oregon. You know what I mean? That, that, that those three states right there, you know, from central Florida or now I'm saying Florida, California, you know, down into the Sierras or whatever, all the way yeah. up in, in, into, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. You know, I, I had Tom Seawood on, uh, to talk, you know, his, his side of things from, from the native American side, which always fascinates me, you know, and, and people can say what they want about, about him. You know, I, I tend to believe him. Um, I could talk to the guy for hours, you know what I mean? Just the yeah. way he, he pre- presents stuff. Um, I don't know him super personally, you know, but Hey, uh, I take everybody for, for who they are at face value when, when we're how they treat you, right. How they treat right. me. And, uh, but let's get into the, the Olympic project. Cause I would one day love to go to the Olympic yeah. forest and just poke around. I don't care if I see anything, but just to be in right. the woods. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, it's a fairy tale. I yeah. just, I get out there as often as I can. I was devastated last year. I had to cancel all my planned trips and stuff, but again, well, what, I'm, I'm back. Year, be- year before that, that's and when the you, year took before. Tra- you took a train ride out, didn't you? Yes, I yes. did in I 2020. Yes, and it I was remember. funny because we all had to wear masks. Like I had one of those little roomettes, but you had to wear your mask everywhere else. And there weren't that many people. So it was like not a normal train ride, but yeah, I took a, trip from alliance ohio out to the pacific northwest and like there was one point we went through um glacier national park Mm. and then i was sleeping because it turned dark and then you woke up and the plane the plane (laughs) the train had split like half the train went to seattle half the train went to portland so it was that was one of the very best experiences of my life i went by myself i like to travel solo I have fun when I go with other people, but I would say that in a lot of ways, at least for part of the trip, like if I'm doing a big trip, I prefer to be by myself. I find it very freeing and I can do whatever I want. And I like to talk to strangers. You know, I I would go to the um, car. What do you call the, I don't know what the car on the train is where you can all congregate, but um talk to people, learn about people. And sometimes when you're with somebody else, you're, you're not going to do that or maybe not as much, you know, like I remember going out to Bradford County, Pennsylvania, and I was camping out there by myself for about a week. And I would go to the local bar at night just to sit at the bar and talk to the local people. And I got a whole bunch of Bigfoot stories that way, Nice, you know, so I enjoy that, but anyway, um, I will say that train ride watching you document it on, on Facebook. I, I was envious because I, I, I don't want to fly anymore. I haven't flown since I got out of the, the air. I wasn't a pilot or anything, but, uh, you know, since nine 11, I'm like, nah, I'm not even going through the hassle, but a train ride that oh, sounds so fun. fun. You know what I mean? So because, fun. Cause I like you say, you go to sleep, you I wake could. up and you're in a completely different area. Yeah. You're like, Whoa, where am I? I would always travel by train if I could. It just takes more time and it's more expensive. Oh, so, is it more you know, expensive? if you got it, 
It is. Well, it depends. It's cheaper if you go like coach. Okay. But that trip was like a couple days of, of a trip. So it's not very comfortable to sleep. to sleep and stuff. Right. And I am the world's biggest cheapskate when it comes to things like that. <laughs> so if you sign up for like Amtrak rewards, just like a free program, then I think it's twice a year. They run a special where if you get, it's called this little roomette and there's two chairs that face each other and a little table that pulls down. And then those go flat into a bed and then a bunk bed comes out. So two people can be in it. And, and then you're just there and it has a door that closes and the whole thing on the other side is a window and you get all your meals included and stuff like they'll do this um, buy one, get one free thing. So that that's how I went. It was like, if you have two people, then it's cheaper. But if you were just by yourself, it was like half price. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the train out there because I do, I have my bucket list and that was on it. And I'm like, if I can find a way to do it, I am going to do it. And it was fantastic. It was the best way to travel. So, but it does take longer, you know, you can be on an airplane and you're there, but it's worth it. If you have that time, I'm actually, I'm going to be going out to Montana this summer and I'm looking into um, train tickets to see how much that would be. Cause I just had so much fun. What part of Montana? Um, near Glacier National Park. I'm going to be going out with a couple of Project Zoo book members. Oh, We're nice. going out to meet some um, ladies that are friends of ours from the Blackfoot Nation. Oh, that's who, awesome. They have a little, they have a whole little, um, they have their own YouTube channel and they take Bigfoot stories from their different tribal members. And we've had them on uh, Project Zoobook a few times and they are fantastic people. They really are. So we're going to go out and meet them and look for Bigfoot. That's awesome. You know, I'm originally, yeah. I was born in, in Wyoming and lived in, in Idaho, not far from Pocatello, actually. That was one of the bigger cities that we actually would frequent, you know, you know, we're going to the city, oh, we're going to Pocatello, which was, you know, an hour or so away. Um, yeah. But uh, then moving out here and you go from like open wilderness to what you would see in like, you know, Robin hood, you know, the, sh- the dense forests of, of the East yes. coast. And it, yes. it, as a young kid, it, it was a little, I was taken aback. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it was nothing to go walk around and, you know, you see where the, the grizzly bears would be clawing on mm-hmm. the tree and Mark and, and you don't have that really out here, but right. I, I've said this a couple of times on, on, on my show when, when I moved out here, they had me believe in white-tailed deer. Now, granted, I, I came from grizzly country, moose country, right. elk country. You know, they had me believe in that the white-tailed deer out here had razor-sharp teeth and that would they, they would attack you. <laughs> and I believe that shit. You know what I mean? Their hopes can get you. <laughs> yeah. But, I've uh, met a few that came a little too close to me, and I'm like, I'm going to be killed by a deer. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my epitaph. But, you know, you know, then you, you realize, okay, you're just being a naive kid and, and, and what have you, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, going, going all over the country, every state is beautiful in its own right. You know what I mean? Whether it's Arizona with the deserts to up in Washington with, with the old forests that just look like you're, like you said, going back in a fairy tale, like you expect to see, no, if 
no like fairies and sprites flying around yeah. in, in the forest you know what i mean no it, it's it, just beautiful yeah that's what we were talking about the olympic project <laughs> no it's just those huge trees it's just you can absolutely believe bigfoot is out there like you're in the middle you know i've i've gone to oregon we've gone remote camping at mount hood national park and you know hiked in several miles backpacked in and just to be out in the middle of nowhere next to a lake fishing for your supper all of that is just mm. beautiful but the olympic national forest in particular my ex-husband was from norway and so i've gone to norway several times and been in those mountains and in those forests and it reminds me very much because of all the pine and everything right. um i just when i'm there like one of the first things i do like when i am when i get there and I get out of the car in the woods, I just start crying because <laughs> it's just overwhelming. It's so beautiful. It really is. But anyway, about the Olympic project, um, for people who don't know about it, um, I could talk about that for three hours, but basically um, somewhere in or near the Olympic National Forest, there was a logging company that was going to be logging a certain area and they had and I am paraphrasing if I get something wrong I apologize to my Olympic project team members but I'm doing my best um they had a surveyor that was looking over the land and figuring out like where they were going to cut and all that kind of stuff so he had you know this was his job was, was to be out in the woods doing this he came across some ground nests, didn't know what made them. Um, they are humongous. They are, you can go, I don't know if their website is still under construction or not, but if you Google like Olympic project, Bigfoot nests, you will see what these nests look like. Um, they are um, made out of huckleberry branches. They are you know, kind of manipulated. Dr. Meldrum went out there and looked at them and something was making these. It wasn't just like a bunch of brush. And if you look at them, you can see that like they are made by something. So this surveyor didn't know what to make of it. So he tells, you know, his boss or whatever, and they're trying to figure out what has made these nests. And I know that they brought out a bear specialist and they brought out a wood rat specialist. And um, later, um, they ended up, I believe that the owner of the logging company knew Derek Randall's because he did their landscaping for them. And okay. so he's like, Hey, you, you want to take a crack at this? Cause we don't know what we're dealing with. So very, so very long story short, they found these nests. Um, the logging company gave the Olympic project, like so much time, like a limited time period to go in there and try to figure out what these are. Um, to my knowledge, at this point, at the original nest site, they found 21, I think, 20 something, but I'm thinking 21 nests and they are of varying degrees of degrading. So some were newer, some were way old, almost you couldn't tell they were a nest, some were in the middle. Um, so, so whatever it was that's making these nests has been doing it for a long time. Um, that's one of the, the biggest question I always get about it is 
could this be humans? And one of the reasons I, I could it be sure, I guess, but if it was like a hermit living out there, like Nick Dodge or something, you know, out in the whole rainforest, I was just going to say his name. It wouldn't be like, there's no cover. Like, so it wouldn't be somebody that knew what they were doing. That would just have this to bed down. And um, if it was a hoax, this would be a elaborate hoax over many years that nobody would ever be likely to find, you know? So I feel personally that it being human just does, it makes zero sense to me. Like, I don't even know if Bigfoot's real, but Bigfoot makes more sense than being human to me personally. Um, that being said, they don't claim that these are Bigfoot nests. Do I hope that they're Bigfoot nests? Absolutely. I hope that they are. But it's more like trying to figure out what is making them. There's right. a there's a newer nest site that was found, I believe, last year. COVID is like, like just the whole quarantine and everything has my timing off because it feels like we've all been in hiding for two years. <laughs> so um, they found a new nest site, like about a half mile away, I believe, where they came across something building a nest, like didn't see it, but heard it and found all the material there were handprints found footprints found they have audio everywhere they're doing dna studies edna studies in this area and it's really exciting just really exciting because whether or not again whether or not it's sasquatch making these and i do think that it very well could be there have been sightings in that area um some of the olympic project members have had really cool experiences but it's something like we should be excited that there's something new going on. Uh, you know, the um, Bluff Creek project found that Humboldt Martin was still alive or that weasel that was supposed to be extinct. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's something doing this and it's very exciting stuff that they're doing. You know, um, Seth Breedlove and small town monsters just did a documentary on them. And I was so excited because, you know, I talk about it and it's so exciting. I've been out there a few times, two of the primate zookeepers flew out there with me, you know, went through all it takes to get to this, these nests, because it is not easy. And they were like, I always say when they came up out of that area and I'm looking at their faces, they were just like, You know, this look, one of them said, this looks like what I've seen in Africa Hmm. with gorillas and how they make their nests. Um, So are they? The nests? Yeah. Um, They're not, it's not like, it's not like they're really super elevated or anything. Uh, I don't even want to, I don't even want to guesstimate how tall, but they're, they're to the ground. They're on the ground, you know, um, so like, would you have to crawl into it or is it something that you could No. Do? Yeah. You could just go right. Like I would say like a foot or two, maybe okay. I could be off on that. Especially like, I know Shane and Derek like recreated an, a brand new one, like what it would look like and try to figure out how long it would take to make it and stuff. And I mean, you know, the, the uh, leaves and the branches are more springy then. So it's bigger, but you can, you can look online it's not like a big bird nest or anything like that's what I had pictured in my <laughs> mind the first time I heard about it you know like a bowl shape or whatever it's more like an animal nest and it looks very similar to and and they are set up very similar to how great apes 
do their nest sites with like lines of sight to each other. Um, there were a few of the nests that were built up into bushes. Mm-hmm. And one of, I remember one of our first zoo book talks with the primate zoologist and then with the Olympic project, like Shane Corson, I can't remember if there's anybody else on there at that time, but they were talking about like, could it be, this is a theory, but could it be some type of a nursery, like where they come in there just every so many years, that's where they give birth. Mm. It's very secluded. There's like, they're on these finger ledges set up at the point of these finger ledges. And then there's a drop off in a salmon stream down here. So there's food there's a means of egress and there were even like slide marks of something that had gone down that embankment um, and the point nest at the one spot, they had found two rocks that had grooves that matched each other. Like something had been hitting it together quite oh, wow. a bit. Um, just things like that and prints and all of these things that just kind of blow your mind. that <laughs> This is going on out there and, and, people don't know about it, you know? And so obvious, I mean, it's probably obvious now that that's who I wanted these scientists to talk to right away, because I really feel much respect for the Olympic project because I feel that they go about things the right way. They're responsible. They don't rush things. They um, do their due diligence. They're out in those woods all the time. <laughs> Some of those guys. So, you know, I had been, um, in the BFRO, um, I think I joined that in 2015. And after a few years, for some various reasons, I decided that I no longer wanted to be in the BFRO. And I just wanted to kind of do my own thing and go out on my own. And I was like, I'm never going to be in a group again. I just want to kind of do my own thing. And I I have friends in the BFRO, so it's not even against them or anything. It's just like, I want I just want to do my own thing. Well, the day after I quit that, I get a call from the Olympic project guys. And they're like, we really want you in the group. And I'm like, oh, I just said, I'm never going to be in a group again. (laughs) And then I'm like, it was truly the one offer I would not be able to refuse because I just seriously admire them and so excited I'm like giddy excited to be a part of them, you know, and I don't live out there. I, I try to get out there um, when I can, but, you know, just kind of having Project Zoobook and the Olympic Project kind of fit together really nicely. And we have crossover from each group and it's just really fun, really fun. So that hopefully fun. that was, I thought that was the short version, but I feel like I talked about it a long time. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but, uh, Anything else? Uh, we've been going for for a little while longer than what you expected your yourself. No, to I had fun. I bet, like I told you, I was like, I have good days and bad days. Today is okay. a good day. Well, that's good. Um, you know, I I'm just doing so many so many fun things. I feel very honored. I have a couple things. I don't want to even say the back burner. They're kind of on the middle burner, if there is such a thing that are going on, but I can't really talk about them yet. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, just some opportunities that have come up since that outdoor show I was just at. So you'll be the first to know if they happen. Um, But I'm, you know, just keeping the faith, working hard. Um, I'm hoping I had, I'm in the middle of writing a book or actually toward the end of writing a book that I'm really hoping to get back at. I kind of go in spits and 
is it it's fits and spurts, spits and furts, <laughs> <laughs> fits and spurts with the book because I originally started writing it alongside of Tom Page, who was a financial backer for Roger Patterson mm-hmm. back in the day after Tom Slick died. And I found him. It took me two years to find him, found him. We would get together for lunch and he would tell me all of his stories. And we were kind of writing the book together. And then he unfortunately passed away and it was hard for me to restart it. Right. You know, so that I, I've, I've written and then I stopped written and stopped, but I, that's another thing that I'm doing. Um, I hope people read it, not because of me. I hope people read it for Tom, you know, just, he was a fascinating man. And I remember when I first, I met him briefly and then lost track of him and then had to find him again because nobody seemed to know where he was. I just had this gut feeling that he wasn't just the money. You know, people think of him as the money behind all of this. And he wasn't like, he was a big game hunter. He was really interested in the Yeti. And then when he saw the Patterson Gimlin film, he's like, ah, like we have this here. And he is not, was not a stupid man. He did not just throw money at something that he didn't think had merit and he did a lot of adventuring himself. So some of the stories that he told me about Roger and Peter Byrne and their adventures together, like I have never heard them before. Um, so it's kind of like, I think it will be something interesting for Bigfoot fanatics, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's something else I'm doing. Um, you mentioned Amy's bucket list expeditions. I have a giant real live bucket list with, I write things down, I cross them out. I, you know, reprioritize things. I am a cancer survivor twice. I've had quite a few health problems in my life, but I get through them, you know, what's thrown at me, I get through. And so I just, it's funny because I had been so sick, but then it took my brother passing away in 2015 to really put a fire under my butt that, you know, I've, I've been blessed with a first chance, a second chance, third chance, you know, I need to live, you know, I want to do all these things. And Bigfoot has a lot to do with my bucket list, but not everything on there is Bigfoot related, you know, but one of the things that I do under that title is I do go to like outdoor shows and stuff. And I do a lot of things for kids. I'm doing a, an event in May with a Boy Scout troop where we're going to go looking for Bigfoot, but we're also going to be looking, you were talking about tracking other animals and we're going to be tracking other animals and you know, doing all kinds of fun nature things. Cause I'm also an Ohio certified volunteer naturalist. Nice. So even if I'm not out looking for Bigfoot, I am looking for deer or coyote or raccoons and possums and fun stuff. I like to do things with the kids. So I'm keeping busy. I'm probably forgetting something really important, like Bigfoot's in my garage, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a big chest freezer. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Or she's not. (laughs) Well, Amy, thank you for coming on. And when you release your book and get it published, um, please reach out to me and I'd like to have you on so you can at least promote it and, you know, thank you. Get it out. I'll tell you stories. Yes, that would, that would be great. And uh, sorry. And Uh, I have recordings and I just want to say, because some people have asked me about this, but I have recordings of our conversations too with, with myself and Tom and my mom was there some of sometimes and stuff. 
Um, so, you know, I, I got to meet some of Tom's family when I first started interviewing him because I didn't want them to think I was some crazy lady, like after his money or anything, right. I, I cold called him and I'm like, listen, I met you briefly. You don't remember me, but all I want is your stories. If you're willing to tell them. And he was absolutely tickled to have somebody to tell his stories to. So with their blessing, you know, I've been working on this and maybe even would be able to share the recording someday. That would be, that would be awesome. You know, that, that'd make for, for a good audio version of, of the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let people know where they can find you at your extremely, extremely hard email address to remember. <laughs> Bigfootamy at gmail.com. So Bigfoot AMY. I'm also on Facebook. So you want a friend request me if I see the request and you don't look like a weirdo because <laughs> <then laughs> yeah I'll you gotta probably, be careful these days that sounds terrible no I, you, you know what i mean i get all these crazy requests like everybody does and i'm always like it's the real person <laughs> not yeah. sure so well I, i'm, I'm very weirdo, very so that blessed was not that, against that you accepted mine a, a few years ago and like i said yeah, it, i'm it, so it, glad it's great that we finally get to sit down and ha have this conversation. I remember when you were, you were starting your, your podcast for a minute and I was just like uh, envious, but excited for you. And I was like, man, you know, look at her go, you know, she's doing this. And, and I was like, you know, maybe it'll take off for you. But, you know, like you said, it's just not your thing. And, and, and that's yeah. fine. It's not, it, it's not for everybody. I, I never thought fun. it would be. Yeah. I like listening to other people's podcasts. Yes. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and let me and, tell you, giving you a compliment this has been really fun i do a lot of podcasts and not all of them are enjoyable well, thank you. you know so this has been fun you know it's not the same old and talking no. about other fun things and i, li I, I like, like to it. keep things on a, I guess on like a personal level you know yeah, what i mean Just you do like, and you do a good job like two friends sitting sitting at the you know restaurant eating a meal you know discuss you know hey how you yeah. been you know whatever you know and and i've had you know uh, one lady on, um, uh, she goes, uh, if you're on Instagram, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about her after we wrap up yeah. and, and we'll have you off the air, but, uh, Kelly fish shizzle. Um, now she's a, she's a teacher also, but, uh, mm -hmm. she, uh, she, um, has this curcumin, uh, drops that, that she mm. sells. And for people that don't know, which, they m most of my listeners do now that's the active ingredient in turmeric and yeah. i drink turmeric i drink my golden milk with turmeric every night because of all of the inflammation that i have in my blood work well good i cannot wait to tell you more about this product off the okay. air and uh cool but uh she was so nervous she, i reached out to her she had never done a podcast and she's like well how does it go you know can i call you you know had a conversation i said look i said we're going to do a zoom meeting I said, when, when you get in, I'm not hitting record right away. You know, we'll have a, some, some people, it only takes a couple minutes. Some people, it takes 20 minutes to, to get the jitters down and what have you. Yeah. We'll calm down. We'll have a conversation and it'll be great at the end of the day. You I'll know have to I mean? watch so, it. I'll yeah. have to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, but well, again, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. This was fun. And, uh, I, I can't wait thank to have you, you back Jamie. on it. Yes. Yes. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Jamie. And, uh, I hope you and Jenny are, are doing good and, and can't wait to talk to, to the both of you again, yeah, uh, very soon. Great. So, 
But uh, having said that, I will, uh, I'll let you go and we'll get out of here and I can't wait to have you back on. Hopefully the next time will be to, uh, you know, plug your book and, and get more stories out of you. So on that note, everybody, don't forget, think for yourself. shit what you read in the covenant is cap i was bred by the government fact check every head when it come to this upside down system had enough of it another sapien that's on the globe lost cold looking for the direction but don't nobody know the only bit of insight that they ever sold me i've been start to find out doesn't really hold every highfalutin piece of shit hidden in a tie high motives to align goals Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole Someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls Tit jobs from Botox to lipos Light bulbs in my head of where I might go I'm on a tightrope, walking this edge And I've been wondering if anyone loves me Shit And I've been wondering if anyone loves me Yeah Fuck And I've been wondering if Look, I've been hopping down this rabbit hole for quite some time To find lines that connect through to all their lies They normalize a real life poltergeist To trust Pfizer with a remedy to make you right The thought's sick, I take a chance and roll my dice Because something in my stomach isn't sitting right I want a soul search, find a place to bring in light But I can't cause, fuck I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant It's cap, you were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it, we batshit What we read in the covenant, it's cap We were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it I want the power to shake shit and shift shape Tap into pineal eye without a mistake We have the power to live right and get straight But they found a way to remove this, they bitch made Hey. Keep on calcifying glands with your flow ride While I flow ride the valor of rhyme I'm flying high by the seat of my pants A beat speaking to me, know I'm talking back every chance Hoping one day I make it overseas or to France But in the northwest I trip without a traveling band, yeah And that's word to my cat plug I'm higher than giraffe puss, look what the cat drug in Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub At midnight I don't fill it up with the tap cup Soaking in my cannabis suds, anything for a buzz Reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug Peel through a fat stash, burning the last snug I picture this dimension I don't wanna come back from But here I am, still stuck in the bathtub My brain fried, but honestly I'm fine I'd rather not have one, I'm batshit I'm fucking batshit And it's your fucking fault It's their fault Straight up I'm done I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant It's cap, you were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this Upside down system, had enough of it Say goodbye to your credit card rewards Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target Are pushing for a law in Congress To take away your hard earned cash back and travel points To line their pockets The Durbin Marshall credit card bill Would enact harmful credit card routing mandates That would end credit card rewards as we know it If you love your credit card rewards Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.